We're discussing the mitzvah of sukkah. We're on page 204, the left side of the page. And the Shulchan Aruch asks, Ketzad mitzvah yeshivat sukkah. How do you perform the mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah? And it's a Gemara in sukkah, kafchet. Okay. So the Gemara says, Yeshiv, okay. Shiye ochel, you gotta eat, shote, drink. And then the Ramah adds, Vyashen, you gotta sleep, mitayel, and visit. And whenever you go visiting, you visit the sukkah, right? It's called sukkah hopping. Vidarba sukkah kot shivat yamim, and you dwell in the sukkah all seven days, ben bayom, ben belayla, both in the day and the night. Just like you live in your house on the other days of the year. And all seven days, a person makes his sukkah the main, the main place and his house temporary. So how does he do that? And the answer is ketzad. Nice vessels and nice furniture all go in the sukkah. Nice carpets go in the sukkah. Very hard to do. You've got to build your sukkah in a nice way. In Israel, it's very easy because it doesn't rain. It's, it's the one that doesn't have a sukkah in his house. He can work in it. Any sukkah you want. You have a sukkah right here in the back. Yeah, it's supposed to be every day of the, of the sukkah. Yeah. You're supposed Seven to eat days. inside. Seven days. Eat inside, right? Yeah. What else? If you, can sleep. Sleep, if you can sleep there, the better. If you can. If, you, if, it's, if it's safe. There's no cats and dogs and who knows what else there is around. You know what I mean? When you say carpet. In those days, listen. In Israel, it's very easy, right? Your sukkah's in your balcony. Okay. Oh, you I put see. the carpet in the balcony so it's warm. It looks nice. There's no rain. It's very easy. In Israel, it's very easy. Over here, it's very hard. You know when it's going to rain. Over there. Yeah, yeah. Put the carpet again. Get the carpet again. It gets cold, too. It gets very cold. But this year is not bad. Sure. It's really. But in Israel, in England, say, it gets very cold. So what they do, my, bro- my, fa- my brother has a sukkah in his front living room. The, the roof opens up. He has a, has a electric button. The roof pops up. The schach is underneath. When it rains, you push the button there. But again, on Shabbat, she won't tell you can't push the button, so he has a pulley. So he opens the roof up, he has a glass roof, the open roof, close the roof. Just make sure you close it before the rain. That's, that's the problem. So it's nice. So this way he has central heating, carpets, everything. It's his living room. So really, literally, you're living in the living room on Sukkot. That's where it should be. That's the idea. That's the ideal scenario if you can afford it to make your living room into a Sukkot. Fantastic. Okay? The best, that's the best way. Or in Israel, you have Merpeset. Sukkot Merpeset. Merpeset Sukkot. So you live in the Merpeset. No problem. It's inside your house. So your bed's over there and you sleep over there. My son does it. My son loves it. It's fantastic. Actually, I did it when I was in Israel. It's beautiful. Nice weather. Perfect weather. Perfect. Sleeping in the Sukkot. Perfect weather. So you can live in the Sukkot. It's the best. So your Sukkot must be the main residence. And the house becomes a temporary residence. So all the food, all the drinks, everything goes in the sukkah. Okay. But dirty vessels shouldn't put in sukkah. Why? Because it's not covered for the sukkah. The sukkah is a place for living in... in holiness. Huh? Holiness, or... holiness. Holiness. Well, not holiness, but in a clean way. Clean way. Clean means no dirt around. You can't go to the bathroom in the sukkah. You can't have dirty vessels in the sukkah. You take everything out, all the dirt out, and leave the sukkah clean. The sukkah is going to be clean. Okay. And we put the menorah in the sukkah. But if the menorah is very big, you put it outside the sukkah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the menorah. In those days, they never had electric lights. Mm-hmm. They're scared of... It's a hazard. 
Okay, and a person is not allowed to do any disgraceful act inside a sukkah. Okay, no disgraceful acts inside a sukkah, no arguing, fighting, angry. Don't get angry outside a sukkah. Oh, don't do anything. Because the sukkah is a place of holiness, as Ari mentioned, and you should do only clean things in the sukkah. Okay, so let's go into the Mishnah Bura. A person who cannot make a sukkah, and uh, he has to go in a, a boat, all right? So if he's going for a mitzvah, we don't have a general rule. A person who's traveling for the sake of a mitzvah is patur from a sukkah. Why? A person is busy doing one mitzvah, you're not obliged to do any other mitzvah. Can you explain that again? For example, a person is collecting money for sedaqah and he's going around in sukkot. He does not have to eat his bread in the sukkah. He doesn't have to sleep in a sukkah because he's busy running around collecting money for sukkot, for uh, poor people. So he's busy doing a mitzvah. So uh, if you can do both, if you can do the mitzvah and stay in the sukkah, you have to stay in the sukkah. But he can't, he's traveling. He wants to go on the plane to go and collect money. He wants to go to the plane to go meet a wife. So he's, he's busy doing a mitzvah. He doesn't have to eat in the sukkah. <coughs> you can't eat the sukkah in the plane. But so. it's Yom Tov. Okay, Cholamoid. So what is he supposed to do on Yom Tov? On Yom Tov? It depends. In those days, you go on the boat three days before Shabbat, you can continue your journey on Shabbat. Talking about a non-Jewish boat company. So like a cruise, cruise what do you do? Yeah. So the answer is, you go three days before Shabbat. So you're on the boat Tuesday, and you can travel continue. The reason why three days is a couple of reasons. One reason is so that the stomach, your stomach gets used to the motion of the boat. You won't get sick. It takes three days for a person to adjust. Interesting. Otherwise, we don't want people to get sick on Shabbat. That's the worst. To be on a boat journey and get sick. Mm -hmm. So we want the stomach to get adjusted. And number two, you don't want to show that he is definitely going to be there, you know, breaking Shabbat. He's going three days before. It's not like he's going just before Shabbat. So but if you have to go for a mitzvah, you can even go Erev Shabbat on a boat. So there's certain mitzvahs, though, that are don't supersede? Well, the mitzvah you can do in a boat. Like you can learn to ride in the boat as well. You can learn to ride in the sukkah as well. You don't have to leave the you don't have to leave the sukkah to learn Torah. You can learn Torah in the sukkah. Take your book in the sukkah and learn. Have a shir in the sukkah. So whatever you can do the mitzvah in the sukkah, do the mitzvah in the sukkah. A mitzvah, for example, uh, the guy's a doctor. He's got sick people in the hospital. He's part two from a mitzvah of sukkah. Can't take a sukkah with him. Uh, plus, anyone who's looking after a sick person, sick person is part two from a sukkah. Does not have to stay in the sukkah. Not just sick person, but anyone who is needed for the sick person. They're looking at the sick person. They patur for the mitzvah. Since they're busy doing a mitzvah, they are exempt from doing the mitzvah of sukkah. That's the general rule. So that is a very important rule. But if you can do both, obviously it's better. What if you're not doing um, a mitzvah? What if you just happen to be on vacation? Yeah, so that's it. That's the answer. The answer you said. If you're on vacation, you have to make, make a sukkah where you're on vacation. You have to take a sukkah with you. You have to make a sukkah. You cannot be on vacation with no sukkah. It's a very important rule. People don't realize that. Because a vacation is not a mitzvah. Right? Unless you're doing you have to do a mitzvah on the side. You know? I'm going on vacation. I'm collecting money over there one day. So that's not... But uh, if it's just a vacation, it's not a mitzvah. So if you have to take a sukkah, make sure there's a sukkah over there. So if you go, there's hotels. They advertise sukkot on premises. Restaurants, they advertise. Restaurant, they have sukkah on premises. This way you're doing... You go and eat over there in the sukkah. So, sukkah has kedusha. It's a very high level of holiness. 
And therefore, it's important to reduce weekly, daily, mundane things in the sukkah. So you want to talk about the news, not in the sukkah. Sukkah, you should speak the very Torah. Yes. I, I heard something about the sukkot. There's something about the whale. The whale? Yeah. It is about the whale. Well, All I know. I think you're talking about Jonah, right? Jonah and the whale. The sukkah. Like, uh, well, it says, Jonah when he's... Oh, yes, my shukkah. Okay, something else. Okay, something else. You're late, one day. No, no, no. no, no, no. no, no. Okay, don't worry about it. Okay, sukkah, there's a thing called sukkah David anafalet. Sukkah David, we say in the, in the Bikar Amazon, Hashem harachaman hu yakim lanu et sukkah David anafalet. So what is sukkah David? That's a kingship. It's called sukkah David, that we should be under protection of the sukkah of David. That's number one. Number two is, it says, uh, We should be worthy of living in the sukkah of the skin of the Leviathan. Okay? So we, do, we say that in Arachaman. So that's what his question is. What's it going to do with Leviathan? Leviathan, number one, is not a fish. What it is, it's some kind of eel. We don't know what it is. It says there were two created in creation. We don't know what it is. There are two created in creation, and one Hashem killed, and the other one is uh, for the Latid level. One is for the Sadiqim to eat, and one is, to, uh, I don't know what it is. What it is. I don't know what it is. It's a Midrash. It's a Midrash. So what is a Sukkot Orosh Leviathan? We have no idea what it means. I don't know. Maybe it's Kabbalah. It's a Kabbalah. For sure it's Kabbalah. Maybe they skin them? I don't know. I don't know. So uh, when I find out, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Let's do some research. What is Sukkot Orosh Leviathan? That's a very good question. I don't know. But we know Sukkot David on Nafalet is the Sukkah of David, which is the kingship. We rest. So Sukkah is a terminology we say we say every day. Spread over us your Sukkah of peace. Take Hashem, put your Sukkah of peace. So what is a Sukkah? So Sukkah is Gematria, very important. Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. Is how much? 65. And Yud, Ke, Vav, Ke is 26. 91. Sukkah is 91, the gematria of Hashem's two names put together. Allah Dalin in Yud, and Yud Kev So, therefore, what happens is the same gematria as Amen. Right? So, a person says Amen, you have to think, two names of God. Right? Yud Aleph, Hey Dalit, one, one, Yud, right? Or you got to think the other way, Aleph, Yud, Hey Dalit, Nun, whatever it is. So, so you got to, so a person's got to think of the two names in the Siddur. Now, Hasfarik Siddur tells you, when you say Amen, think about this. <laughs> so Amen in the uh, answering of bracha is different from the Amen of Kanish. Right? So there's two different Amens. So you have to think these different names. Anyway, so Amen is Gemachia 91. Sukkah is Gemachia 91. The same Gemachia as Yud Kevavke and Aleph Dalad Nun Yud. Two names of God. Amazing. So Sukkah represents Hashem's protection. That's what it represents. When you're going to the Sukkah, you're under the names of God. And Hashem's covering you from all angles. There are three mitzvot at least that you can do with your whole body. One is you go to the mikvah. You're surrounded by the waters of the mikvah. Number two is you live in Israel. Surrounded by the Kedusha of Israel. Number three is you live in a sukkah. You're surrounded by the holiness of the sukkah. So three mitzvah you can do, which you're surrounded by holiness. The whole body is doing the mitzvah. It's amazing. The whole body is doing the mitzvah. So a person should realize the sukkah is holy. You cannot do anything. Don't speak Lashonara. And the sukkah is very bad. Worse. It's worse. And rachilut and tail bearing, also a person shouldn't say anything else which is forbidden. A person should try not to do it in a sukkah, should try not to do it at all. But doing it in a sukkah is worse because a sukkah is a holy space. Okay? So even putting dirty things in a sukkah, you shouldn't put, put a garbage can in the sukkah. You shouldn't put dirty uh, vessels in a sukkah. Okay. 
So the question is, what is the minimum size of a sukkah? So the answer is, there's a Mishnah in Sukkah, the first chapter. The maximum height of a sukkah is 20 amot. 30 feet high, maximum. Minimum height, 10 tefachim, 40 inches, which is not much. You can even sit. You get a big box, take off the lid and put the fitzchach and sit inside the box. It's got to withstand a regular wind. That's this. So I saw, and I checked it out. Regular wind in New Jersey is around 20 miles an hour. <laughs> So the box is going to, if it flips over in 20 miles an hour winds, then it's not good as a sukkah. But if it doesn't flip over, it doesn't shake, it's good for a sukkah. Do you have to test it? Of course. Blow. Homeless can leave. 20 miles an hour. 20 miles an hour winds. So, the minimum height is, we said 10 tefachim, the minimum width. Minimum width of a sukkah. 7 tefachim. 28 inches. 7 tefachim. Why? Because it's enough for a person to fit. So it's about 28 inches, 28 inches. So seven tefachim wide. Is this hot, tall and this wide? No, he sits inside. Oh, yeah, you can't stand inside, he sits inside. You sit inside, it's enough room for you and your, your food. So listen, if emergencies, it's very important. So Holocaust, they didn't know what it was. They mm-hmm. a little box, it sits that box. Or on your balcony. You cover the schach on the top of the balcony, someone can see from downstairs. Right? Sleep in there. That's what they did. Remember Jacobowitz? said his parents, that's what he did. And they were living in the Nazi, Nazi era, 1830s. Terrible. So his father rented the top floor of the building and had a little balcony over there and he met the sukkah on the roof of the balcony. No one could see him because no one above him. And that's how they, they dwelt sukkah. They sat inside the sukkah. So that's where he got his Yerat Shemayim from. That's how he, his father educated him. Okay, we are moving on. So now the question is, what about a married couple? And this is where the leniency for a married couple is, because it says you have to live in the sukkah, you live in your home. So a married couple, they're having marital relations at home. They're not allowed to have in the sukkah. It's not tanua. Right? So therefore, you, you got to come home from marriage, so you don't have to go back out. So you don't have to sleep in the married. A married man does not have to sleep in a sukkah. Okay? Plus, if it's cold, then it's, it's going to rain, and you may get a cold. It depends on you, how strong you are. Some people consider sukkah no problem. They go camping all the time. So camp in a sukkah. Now what's interesting is, if you live in a tent, a tent like this, inside a sukkah, the tent is not a hefsek. This shape, as long as there's no flat roof, of a tefach at least, is not considered a roof, and therefore does not break between you and the schach, which is wild. Imagine, you can build a tent inside a sukkah, sleep inside a tent, you're doing the mitzvah of sukkot. Amazing, huh? Amazing. As long as the roof of the tent is not flat. Uh, the Mishnah talks about also sleeping under a bed. It says, number one, first it says you can't sleep under the bed. If you sleep under the bed, you're not your sin. The Rebuda says, many times we slept under the bed and the rabbis never told us anything. <laughs> so the Gemara explains, there's two kinds of beds. A bed which is ten tefachim high and over 40 inches and above is a break between you and the sukkah. A bed which is low, a low bed is not made for a roof. And therefore you sleep underneath it, it's not considered a roof over you. It does not break between you and the roof of the sukkah. It's amazing. So you have a double-decker bed inside your... You have a bunk bed inside your sukkah. <laughs> the top bunk, no problem. It's the bottom bunk. is a safek. It fulfills the mitzvah of sukkah. So the, if the second bunk is 10 to fucking high. Obviously it is, 40 inches high. The one underneath does not fulfill the mitzvah. Even though the tent will protect against the rain, it's not an issue? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make a difference. Interesting. Right. 
There's interesting halachot by Sukkot. You know, it's very fascinating. There's so many halachot by Sukkot. So now, a person who is obliged in Sukkah, he has to eat, drink, sleep in the Sukkah, all seven days, day and night. And he's not allowed to sleep outside the Sukkah, even a little nap. Even a nap is not allowed outside the Sukkah. However, he can eat snacks outside the Sukkah. Okay? Eat snacks outside the Sukkah, which is a debate between Friday and Ashkenazi. What is a snack? It's funny to say anything which is not bread is a snack. And you can have cake outside the Sukkah. Ashkenazi say even cake is like bread, and therefore you, you can have to say a brach on it, and you're allowed to eat it outside the Sukkah. But everyone agrees. Fruits, drinks, they're allowed to have outside the Sukkah because they are not considered uh, permanent foods. They're temporary snacks. They're snacks. Okay, so Shulchan says you can even have up to an egg size of bread, which is two slices of bread, outside of sukkah. That's still considered a snack. More than that, it's considered a fixed amount. Water you can drink outside of sukkah and eat fruits, no problem. And a person who is strict on himself and does not drink even outside the sukkah, even water, is praiseworthy. It's not halakha, but he's praiseworthy. And, okay. So the Ramah comes along and he says, in Europe it's freezing. If you freeze, they never had radiators. They never had radiators. He said, today we are lenient not to sleep in a sukkah. Except for those who are very, very careful. Because of the cold. And so we have a general rule. And this doesn't, you don't find this in any other mitzvah as much as this in sukkah. Mitzta'er patu min a sukkah. A person who's in pain is patu from a sukkah. You don't find this anywhere. You're in pain. So you can do the mitzvah, you do the mitzvah. What's the pain got to do with it? So what is pain over here? Pain is you're bothered. You're bothered by something in the sukkah, yeah, you can leave the sukkah. So cold is something which bothers a person. Or for example, you built a sukkah and there's now there's a beehive inside the sukkah. And there's a lot of bees over there. And you can't sit there. You're in pain. You can leave the sukkah. But you're not, obviously you're not allowed to build it in a place where you're going to get pain. But the question is, wait, where, where else can I build my sukkah? It's cold outside. What am I going to do? We're going to build it. We're going to move to a uh, hot country, Hawaii? Or I'm going to, <laughs> so what can I do? So the answer is, you don't have to move. That's it. Okay. So that's the Ramah. The Ramah says in, in Eastern countries, Eastern Europe, most people did not sleep in Sukkot because of the freezing cold. And the second reason it gives because you can't sleep in the Sukkot with your wife, and therefore it's like marriage. And so a person who's married does not have to sleep in the Sukkot. Is there a level of things like eating in the Sukkot? Yes. Eating comes is above sleeping. It depends. So if you're patu from sleeping, you have to eat. And if it's raining, you don't have to eat even. If it's going to ruin your food, you don't have to eat. So it's dire. So what happens today when you can go ahead in the in the eastern countries? They have bedding that makes the house warm. Good. So if a silka is warm, yeah, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. It should be built. It should be built. It should be Of course, I talked about it before. They make it inside the house. Uh, they just have a roof that opens. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So that's the ideal. That's the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is you make a sukkah dwellable. And you have a sukkah, make a nice sukkah. If it's your house, you can design your house in a nice way. And you can make it part of it. The sukkah should be an integral part of your house. In this way, seven days of the, of the, you open the roof, and you're living inside your house. That is your house. It's fantastic. You got the radiator over there. You got the carpets over there. You got a sofa I over there. That from when I was a child, huh? my grandfather's. There you go. That's it. 
If it is the, like the minimum, like even if it's the weather's terrible and it's raining, you still need to make Kiddush and Hamotzi. That's the Ashkenazi opinion. Ashkenazi opinion is that even though the first night, only the first night, first night's from the Torah, and they say if it's raining, whatever it is, just go eat the sukkah, make eat your eat your beitza, the size of an egg, and that's it. But uh, Sephardim say no. Yes, probably asur to do that. Why? Because you are suffering in the hug. You shouldn't suffer. You've got to rejoice in the festival. Not suffer. However, everyone agrees that the food is going to get ruined. You don't. There's no obligation. There's no obligation. It's a stricture. But the first night is the main night. First night is the night, main night. How do we learn the first night is the main night? We learn it out from Pesach. The 15th, the 15th. Shabbat. Says the 15th by Pesach. Just like Pesach is a mitzvah to eat matzah the first night. So too, it's a mitzvah to eat bread on the first night of Sukkot. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. 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 Am